Hey, Marvelites, what's going on? This is Ryan Panagos, Agent M. I'm at WonderCon 2012, joined by two of the men of action, Joe Kelly and Steven Siegel. Say hello, fellas. How's it going? Good to see you. How are you? Um, so we're just hanging out. This is a This Week in Marvel mini. Um, guys, tell us a little bit about Ultimate Spider-Man. Like, what, what's, the what's your favorite thing about working on the show? Uh, my favorite thing is working with the voice actors. It's amazing when you go from the script to the actual performance. And this show has so much crazy action and really fun humor that's amazing to watch these people try to deliver those jokes and lines and then see that transform through the storyboards and the animation into this kinetic moving thing. Yeah, and for me, uh, it's really bringing Spidey to life in a way that we've never seen before. You know, uh, I've been a big fan. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I always have been. Uh, but the cartoons have sort of never captured that internal monologue of Spidey other than like a voiceover. Over. And we do stuff that is going to be mind-blowing, and it's totally different. It's exploiting every channel of animation possible, and I'm really, really proud of how it works so well with the action. It's just a non-stop ride. It's great. Do you guys have favorite episodes? Not without spoiling anything, but like, oh man, episode four is crazy, or something like that? <laughs> I do. I like uh, episode seven, which I can't say who guest stars <laughs> in it, but uh, Joe Quesada had this really great idea for a, a point of view that was really, you'd never seen in cartoons before. So episode seven takes place from this really specific point of view for the whole 22 minutes, and it's just this crazy romp through Midtown Manhattan, uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. Cool. Yeah, that one's that one's really awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, gosh, there's so many that I really like. Uh, episode three is really funny because, um, for me, the relationship between Spidey and Nova is just knocked out of the park in that one, and it really drives the story. So uh, it's one of my personal favorites. So it's early to this, you know, to the beginning. Cool. Now um, the the characters that Spidey teams up with in S.H.I.E.L.D., specifically White Tiger, Nova, um, Power Man, and Iron Fist. How did you guys pick those characters specifically? Uh, Man of Action didn't pick them. We were told they were the cast when we got there, but we loved them. Uh, and as soon as you watch it, like when you hear that, when we heard it, we're like, really? But as soon as you see Spider-Man interact with its younger versions of these four characters, you absolutely get it. I mean, it's a way to have kind of a school vibe, but the school is S.H.I.E.L.D., which is the craziest school anybody's ever been part of in terms of training to be a hero and that's really fun. Cool. Yeah, absolutely, and they all pull at Spidey in a different way. You know, there are various aspects of their personalities that play off of his own insecurities or his own, you know, dimensions of personality. And uh, so I, I love the cast. Like Steve said at first, it was just sort of a question mark, and, and we've kind of really embraced them. And the stories, sometimes are all in it, sometimes we do two-offs. You know, it's really cool. Cool. Um, Frank Thierry is sort of a character on our, our podcast. He's, <laughs> he, com he comes up every week in some way, shape, or form. Um, how did Frank get involved? Because he's been telling me about his episode for like months. I think we were waiting for our plane at a convention. He was like, dude, dude, dude. And he was going off. And I won't spoil anything about it, but like, how did you guys bring in other people to the fold? I was going to say, you tell Frank he's not allowed to talk about anything. We can't talk about anything. <laughs> that was you. Yeah, uh, Frank and I worked uh, pretty closely together. He was fantastic. He's really funny. Um, we've known Frank for a long time. And um, he was just, you know, super cool. And he was like, hey, you know, if there's ever a slot. And we've, uh, you know, Man of Action has been reaching out to all sorts of writers because we want animation guys, we want comics guys, we want people from other medium, uh, the media. So 
Frank was a perfect fit, and he did a great job. You know, he's funny, and he's a funny writer. So he got the comedy stuff, no question. So we had a really good time working with him. Yeah, and it's got to be said, I mean, Man of Action is a supervising producer on this first season, but we can't do all the writing. It, this thing moves every week. There's another episode, plus whatever's happening on all the previous ones still to get through. So we have a, a core group of probably 15 writers that we're working with at this point. That's cool. Are we going to hear a lot more about those as we get close, further down the season? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, as Joe said, comic book people, and there's a lot of people from other walks of the industry. So there's some cool people working on it. The focus is the show, you sure. know, the behind-the-scenes guys. We slog it away, but it's really what you watch that we want to be good. So you'll probably hear about us. You may not even notice because the show's pretty cool. Cool. Right. And, I mean, just right up front, they've already talked about how Paul Dini and, and Brian Bendis also work with yep. us on the show. And, you know, those, you know, you're taking two powerhouses of comics and animation already. So we, the sensibility for the show is so uh, comic-centric, I think. Everybody who's in it loves comics and really wants to see those come to life. It's a, it's a great synergy on the show. Cool. Now, how is it writing for comics versus animation? I mean, you guys have been doing this for a while, but for our listeners, I think it's something that they, they don't really know as much about. Totally different. Uh, you know, comics, what you're trying to do as a writer is describe a world for an artist a lot of the times. So there's a lot more visual description of things. And in television, film, animation, you're really trying just to capture motion and then let the dialogue do the talking more. So I think that's a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. In comics, also, you're not restrained by any uh, page length. You know, I mean, as everybody always jokes about, well, I'll take my scripts and I could write a 35 page script for a 22 page comic, you know, like with all the description I put in. In, in animation, you have to be very uh, clear about the page per minute, minute and a half, 30 seconds. I mean, it varies a little bit, but you can't go beyond a certain boundary. So it forces structure on you, which is a, a great thing. And then just budget. I mean, you can do anything you want in comics. You know, it's like we can be standing here in the convention and the next minute we're on Jupiter's surface. <laughs> you know, and you can't always do that in production because of the, the cost of building Jupiter. Right. Um, what are, for you guys are your favorite Spider-Man moments, the stuff that influenced you and how you approached the characters in the show? I think all, all four Man of Action guys, Duncan Rulo, Joe Casey, myself, and Joe, uh, find that initial Ditko run to be pretty seminal. Uh, we love a lot of the mid-70s stuff. We definitely vibe on the current stuff. Certainly the show's called Ultimate Spider-Man, so it's not like Bendis' comic, but certainly that influenced a lot of what's happening here. So all of those eras. Yeah, I am... Um, it's funny. I mean, I, I've, like I said, I've been a Spider-Man fan my whole life. and uh, I have some weird, like, uh, bits noodling around in my head that, that don't make it into the show, but I was very influenced. Like, there's an issue where Mysterio had, had messed with Spider-Man's head, and he thought he was fighting villains and drove the spider buggy off a wall into the lake. These are the kind of things that like stick in my head. So some of the goofier elements, but also that the heart of it, you know, like um, him being worried about Aunt May, you know, when she's being courted by Doc Ock and Hammerhead, like weird things like that sort of stuck in my in my brain. And then having gotten to work on the book, uh, you know, last year, um, those, those stories were really influential and just shaping, not the ones I wrote, but I mean, the, working with those guys in that thing tank where it was uh, it was really educational, it was really informative, and I think we did a, a nice job. Right. So it was, a, it was a good run of a year to sort of prep me for this. Well, strangely, one of the very first Spider-Man comics I ever bought was a Spider-Man Nova team-up, and now here I am again. All right, I think this is the last question. Now, you, you talked a little bit about, at the beginning, about working with the voice actors. How did the you guys get those specific voice actors? Was it you guys, I mean, where did that process come in, and what's it like working with each of them? Well, that's very Hollywood in that, you know, all these voice actors have agents and the call goes
shows out. We're doing a Spider-Man show. And I think we heard between 12 to 20 people for each role. Wow. Uh, and then it was, there were, you know, about eight or 10 decision makers, including us. And everybody just kind of rank ordered who they liked. And what was amazing was there was a lot of different opinions, because you can go a lot of different ways with actors. But almost to a person, every single person said Drake Bell should be Spider-Man, which none of us expected right. walking into it. He just so captured the tone of this particular show that literally everybody was like, oh, I think Drake Bell, I think Drake Bell, I think Drake Bell. So that was really interesting. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much to add to that. I, I'm out in New York, so I very rarely get to be in on the voice records, but everybody does a great job. It's a really fantastic cast. Uh, Steve has a lot more direct experience, but um, yeah, Drake just knocks it out of the park. He gets the humor, and he gets the pathos when you need it, and it's uh, you couldn't ask for more. And we also have Clark Gregg, Agent Colson from the movies, and we have Shy McBride, Shy McBride as Nick Fury, and we have uh, J.K. Simmons. Simmons as yeah. J. Jonah Jameson again. You know, and uh, the people playing the kids are great. The people playing the adults are great. This is just they're really good actors, and you'll notice that when you listen to it. Yeah, I've seen the first two episodes. Super fun. I'm very excited for it. Ultimate Spider-Man premieres on Disney XD April 1st. Guys, watch the Marvel Universe block. Um, check these guys out. You guys on Twitter or wherever? On, where can they find you? Uh, we're on uh, our website is manofaction.tv. We are on Twitter at Man of Action Now. now. <laughs> at Man of Action Now. Tweet them. Tell them what you think about the show. Um, guys, this is Marvel, your universe.